You are currently listening to the Your Story, Your Voice podcast. I am your host, Nathan Hunzi. We are currently live streaming this episode on twitch.tv slash Nathan Hunzi. I would love to have you be a part of our live streaming community. The Stud Muffin community is what I call it. If you would like to follow that link, twitch.tv slash Nathan Hunzi. The point of this podcast is for people to take ownership of their own story to not have regrets, to look back at their past in their present moments, learn from them so that we can make a better future. Let me take you on a journey. Let me take you on a journey towards my childhood. Looking back at it, my childhood was actually full of really good moments. Uh, I remember there being a lot, a lot of fun when I was younger, we played baseball. We had a we had a pretty sizable backyard. Uh, I remember, you know, my two older brothers and my dad. We would play baseball. Uh, I remember one time, my older my oldest brother actually ran me over with a go kart that we used to have. I remember we made this jankety butt slip and slide out of a out of a tarp, our kitchen chairs, and our trash can. We made this redneck slip and slide in our backyard. There's a lot of there's a lot of beautiful moments that I remember in my childhood. However, sometimes they get outshined by the negative moments of my childhood. They don't they don't shine quite as bright as the uh, the really low, sad moments of my childhood. I'll start off by saying this. I know that my family loves me very, very much. I know that my my dad uh, loves me an incredible amount. I know that my two older brothers, uh, I know that they have always loved me and they always will. I know my mom has a, has a, a great love for me and our family. It's not a question of not feeling loved as a child because I definitely did and I will admit that to you. I felt loved as a child. However, the the dark moments that I'm talking about, they often res- revolve around my father. I remember very distinctly uh, times in which my dad could not get out of bed. Uh, of course, at this time, I was like ten years old. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't think any. I didn't think anything about it. I was just a young kid wanting to have fun, who loved playing basketball. But I, I remember, sometimes he just he just couldn't get out of bed. And I remember my mom. This one instance, I probably shouldn't have walked in. Let me be honest. I probably should not have walked in uh, my parents' bedroom for multiple reasons. LOL. But this one time, I did. And I remember my mom standing by the side of the bed, pleading, pleading for my dad to get out of the bed and go to work. If you know anything about depression, that's a clear cut sign that my dad was having a lot of his own mental health struggles. The fact that he couldn't get out of the bed and go provide for his family, something's wrong. And even as a 10 year old child, I knew something wasn't right. Seeing my seeing my mom literally crying next to the bed, trying to get my dad out of it, I knew things weren't good. And uh, I was 11 years old 
I I I I wish I remembered more from back then. I truth is I don't. I wish I did. But I do remember waking up one morning and my dad just wasn't there. I didn't know where he went. I don't remember any conversation that we had previously of my dad leaving or going anywhere else. I woke up and my father wasn't at home anymore. No one told me. No one told me anything was going on. Maybe my older brothers know. I don't think that they do. He just wasn't there. And the next thing I know, we're having this massive, massive yard sale. Because as I learned years later, we literally got evicted from our home. We got evicted. Our house got repossessed and we got kicked out. So I remember this massive yard sale. And I, was, I had a lot of like wrestling action figures. I had a lot of army men. I had a lot of, you know, I had a lot of toys as, a, as an 11 year old boy. And I remember like, you know, selling these for like 25 or 50 cents to whoever would buy it. I remember us moving out of, out of the house, but I'd, I never knew why I didn't, you know, at the time I didn't know where my father went. I didn't know what was going on. I was an 11 year old kid. Nobody, nobody told me anything that was happening. I just did what I was told. I didn't ask questions. I, 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 you know, I was a pretty easy kid to get along with. Uh, my role in the family was the role of comedian. I always tried to lighten the mood. I always tried to break the tension to make people laugh, to make people smile. That was my, like, that's the role that I found myself going into. And so at this time we were, we got kicked out of our house. We had this massive yard sale trying to sell everything that we could. And then we moved in to the apartment. Now the apartment in my eyes wasn't that bad. Why? First of all, because it had a pool. It, you know, in the apartment complex we lived in, it had a pool. And in, in my eyes, I thought that was great, right? I, I loved that. But here's the thing. Here's what I here's what I remember about the apartment. Like I mentioned before, I had I had two older brothers, right? I have always been in the middle of my family. I'm the peacekeeper, I'm the joke maker, I'm the tension breaker in the family. So I I worked my little butt off trying to make people happy. I, I was trying to make my dad happy, make him laugh. I was trying to make my mom happy, keep her comfortable, make her laugh. My two older brothers did not get along very well. I'm the youngest of three boys. And my two older brothers, they didn't get along well much at all. And so, again, there I was in the middle of my two older brothers trying to make him laugh, trying to make him happy, trying to make him smile. And the apartment is I believe the start of my own mental health struggles. I wasn't cognizant of it. I wasn't aware that they were happening. But when I look back, I can say I started to change whenever I was at the apartment. I remember we would go on like church events, you know, uh, you know, I didn't invite anyone over to my house when we were at the apartment. I was embarrassed. And I know that may sound rude, you know, my dad was gone and, you know, my mom was working her, her tail off trying to provide for her three boys 
And so uh, it, it hurts me to say, but at the time I was embarrassed of our situation. I was like the only kid that I knew whose parents uh, were, were getting a divorce. I was the only kid that I knew who lived in an apartment. I just, I, I was, I became a lot more quiet in the apartment. My default setting is a goofy, you know, pretty outgoing person. Um, but that really changed in the apartment. Fast forwarding a little bit to high school. I was about 12 when we moved into the apartment. Let's fast forward a little bit to high school. Now, if you join the community, a lot of, you know, a lot of times you'll hear me say we cannot fight mental illness alone. 100%. We are not built to be alone as humans. And let me tell you how I come to know that. High school was the time of bittersweet. I would say that's the word I used to describe high school. It was bittersweet. High school was a time when I felt the absolute worst that I have in my entire life. That's when my suicidal thoughts really started to attack me was in high school. I would be mostly fine while I was at school. I was busy. I had stuff to do. Uh, I, I had a lot of extracurricular activities I was in, involved in. It was whenever I left school and went home is when my brain just decided to hate me. My brain just turned on me. It, it, it was awful. I hated going home whenever I was in high school. I would be in my room and I, I don't know where these thoughts coming from. At the time, I was about 16 when my, when my mental health really started to plummet downhill. And uh, I, I didn't know what, what was happening. I've never really experienced stuff like this before. It was new. I didn't talk to anyone about it. But here's the thing. I look back at high school with such, with such reverence because that is where I met my lifelong best friends, Tay and Charles. Tay and Charles literally saved my life. Did they know it? No. I, I was too embarrassed or too shy or too scared, honestly, to tell them I was struggling with my mental health, to tell them that I was having suicidal thoughts. I didn't ever tell them until later, probably like sometime during college. I didn't tell them, but I didn't necessarily have to tell them because whenever I was with them, I was absolutely fine. I love Tay and Charlie. My two best friends are still my best friends and they always will be until the day we die. They mean that much to me. They're, they're like my brothers, right? They, they literally became brothers. Now, why didn't I tell them, you know, if they're, if they're brothers, if they're so close to you, why didn't I tell them back whenever I was struggling so hard? Well, as a 16 year old, that's not kind of the things you talk about, right? You talk about which girl do you have a crush on that day? Did you even do your math homework that you were supposed to do, right? Which teacher, you know, do you hate the most? That's the kind of stuff that, you know, that we talked about during high school. We didn't talk about mental health struggles, right? And if you're out there, if you're listening to this story and you're in high school or in college, I encourage you to start. I encourage you to open up about your struggles. It's never too early to talk about your struggles. It's never too early. So Tay and Charlie literally saved my life the power of friendship is what i call it we cannot go through mental health struggles 
alone. We're not meant to go through life alone. I always recommend people to grab a friend, even if it's just one. Tay and Charlie are were my life support back in the days, right? Now, fun fact for you, back in high school, I was also the captain of the bowling team. So do with that as you will, dear people who are listening to this podcast. The captain of the high school bowling team is talking to you right now. How do you feel about that? You like that? Yeah. Carried a pretty carried a pretty big weight around in high school. I had a lot of respect. A lot of respect. Let me tell you. All the ladies ran away from me in high school. I, eh, you know, whatever. So, Tay and Charlie went to the same college as me. Thank the Lord, right? Thank the Lord that we all decided to go to the same college together. Because uh, that would have been absolutely rough. College was different than high school. High school, I was, I was, I was busy a lot. I, you know, I was a stupid kid. College is when responsibilities really start to come at you fast. You know, I didn't live at home anymore. I lived six hours away from family. Um, it was on me to get up, get my butt to class, do my work. Right? It was on me. And let me tell you, my freshman year of college, I sucked at school. In high school, I was basically a straight-A student, but in college, my first year was awful. I barely held on to the scholarship that I had. I don't know. I, I just, I had freedom, right? I, uh, I didn't study. I didn't take it seriously, and uh, I didn't do very good until I met my future wife. I, I met my future wife. We started dating very early sophomore year of college uh i'll just i'll be honest with you my freshman year of college i made a 3.1 gpa i needed a 3.0 to keep my scholarship i made a 3.1 and then i met my future wife and from sophomore year on till graduation i was a straight a student right the power of women the power of women and what they can do to a guy is phenomenal right let me tell you about my about that time in my life. I am a very anxious person. I overthink everything. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very nervous person, right? I want things to be perfect. I'm a people pleaser. I'm just I'm just I have a lot of anxiety that I deal with on just a normal day-to-day basis. And uh, my wife is the only person I've ever dated. Right? That's kind of cool to say. I like that. My wife is the only person that I have ever dated. So when we first started, I was a nervous wreck. I was a nervous wreck. I'm not, I wasn't good at relationships. And that, that, that stressed me out a lot. That stressed me out a ton. I didn't know how to keep a relationship. I didn't know how to really handle a relationship. Uh, looking back at it, it seems so dumb. Now, you know, now that we've been, now that we've been married for almost six years now, looking back at it, I'm like, wow, I was, I, I have, I had a lot to learn back in those days. I really did. Uh, but now, I mean, I love my wife. She's the best person that I'll ever know. My college years, I, re- I look back at it and I regret my college years. I really, I, I do. Why do I say that? Okay. Here's the thing. I went to college to become a physical therapist, but I didn't end up doing physical therapy. Here's what happened. I looked at the physical therapy coursework, what it took 
you know, to, to get all the way to become a physical therapist. And I was terrified. I looked at, I had to take maths. I had to take different science classes and anatomy and physics. And I got scared. It's that's what it was. And I, I, I looked at that and I completely changed my major to psychology. I'm interested in psychology. It was pretty cool. But it's, it's not like I had like a deep burning passion for psychology. It was just that it was easy. I'm being, this is hard for me to say. It was just easier than my current coursework that I was taking. So I completely jumped ship. I, I, I gave up on wanting to become a physical therapist. I did not think that I was capable enough. I didn't think I was smart enough or hardworking enough. And I left. I chose something. I, I, I took the easy way out. I chose something easy. And I regret that. To this day, I regret that. Um, that's, that's probably my biggest regret. Is not believing in myself enough to go after what I, what I really wanted to go after. Don't, don't do that. I, I hope that you have more confidence in yourself than, than I did back then. I, I hope that you look at yourself and believe that you, you are capable of more than you think. That you are capable of doing hard things and persevering through difficult times. I didn't believe that about myself back then. I, I, I didn't. So now uh, I graduated college. Um, and then I was like, okay, what the heck do you do? What the heck do you do with the psychology degree? Absolutely nothing. By by itself, you do absolutely nothing. So again, I was like, okay, what's the easiest thing to get into? What's the easiest thing to get into? Well, there was this, you know, counseling program, this Masters of Marriage and Family Therapy program uh, that I, I barely even had to apply to get accepted. That's how easy it was to get into this program. So I was like, well, I guess I'll do that, right? Remember, going back, psychology, you know, and counseling, they weren't like deep passions of mine. They were just easy to get into. And I didn't believe I was capable of doing hard things, right? So I went and, uh, you know, I do. I do have a, a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. Uh, I was a counselor for about two years. And let me tell you something. It's a great profession. It's a very noble profession, but it's ridiculously hard. It's it, it it's ridiculously challenging, and it's not for everybody, right? It's not for everybody. So, uh, it, it wasn't what I wanted to do with my life, right? It, it it wasn't what I wanted to do. So, I graduated that master's program in 2017. In 2017, um, and since then. I'm this, I, this is uncomfortable for me to talk about. It's not easy for me to talk about this since 2017. I have really, really, really struggled with keeping a job with being, I, I, I always think like, what, what am I, what am I passionate about? What do I want to do for the rest of my life? And that, to me, that's a pitfall to me. That's an absolute pitfall. If you look at your job and think, is this going to bring me fulfillment? Is this going to bring me happiness? Is this going to make me excited to wake up every morning and go to work? The answer is probably no. It's taken me a long time to learn that. I don't know what it was. 
uh, I, I, I kept looking for jobs to bring me happiness, right? I think this goes back. Um, remember whenever I, I talked about how my dad, he just didn't get out of bed to go to work. Remember when I said, you know, I remember that story of my mom pleading with dad to get out of bed and go to work. I think this is where a lot of my issues stem from. I, I know my dad loved me. I know he did. But I have always said, he's not really a dad. He's just like a cool best friend. That sounds nice, but here's the deal. Me being a father of two young girls, I'm not supposed to be their best friend. I'm supposed to be a father. I'm supposed to teach them things and, and, and instill life lessons into them. My dad, he just, he didn't do it. He's a great man. He's, he's, he's funny. He, uh, he takes interest in whatever I'm interested in. But when it came to instilling in me how to persevere, how to work hard, how to overcome struggles, that didn't happen. My dad didn't teach me those things. Instead, I saw him not being able to get out of bed. I saw my dad get fired from multiple jobs, from quitting multiple jobs. That's that's the dad that I saw, right? And as a young, impressionable teenager, he's, quote, supposed to be a role model, right? Your father is someone you're supposed to look up to, and I never have. I never have in that way. So now here I am. I'm 28 years old still struggling to 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 hold on to a job i'm getting better at it i'm getting better at it um but it's 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 difficult for me because my whole my whole mindset of looking at a job isn't instilled in what a job actually is you just do it for money to take care of your family like that's what a job is your job is not supposed to bring you joy and happiness and fulfillment it's supposed to bring you money that's what it does so Looking back at my life, um, I'm a I, I'm I'm a people pleaser, right? I, I love to entertain. I, I love to I love to make people laugh. I've always said if I could have a dream job, right? If I could have a dream job, it would be stand up comedian. Uh, that's just what I've always wanted to do personally. But I remember, you know, when my when my parents divorced, I was 11 years old. Right. I was I was 11 years old when my parents divorced. Uh, my dad eventually came back. I learned later that he went down to Florida when we woke up and he wasn't there. I, he he you know, he he went down to Florida. He he came back um, and, you know, I was able to, to to spend a lot of time with him. But I've always been in the middle between my mom and dad and between my 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 two older brothers I've always been in the middle, trying to keep everyone happy, trying to make people smile and laugh, you know, break the tension. And it's hard. And it's hard. So, you know, here's my, you know, before we get into the question and answer section, um, here's my hope for you. For those great people out there listening to this podcast, my hope for you is that, number one, that you don't make mistakes thinking that you're not capable of working hard. That's number one. That's my biggest regret 
is not looking at myself and saying, yes, I can, I can do hard things. I can overcome obstacles. I can persevere through rough times. I hope that you're able to, to work on that for you. I hope that you're able to have that mindset about you where you don't run away. You don't choose the easy route. You don't look for an out. You acknowledge when something is difficult and you find the strength to push through it. My other hope for you, if you're, if you're in high school or if you're in college, my hope for you is to know that your decisions matter. The decisions that you're making right now absolutely matter. They may seem insignificant. They may seem like they don't. But years from now, you'll look back at what you did in those years and be like, wow, I was, yeah, I was a stupid kid. I made a lot of dumb decisions, right? We all, we all say that. So your decisions matter. And I hope you realize that. I hope you realize the weight of your choices, right? And number three, if you are a child from a divorced home, which 50% of you know the world is, or 50% of those living in America, chances are you, you, know, you come from a broken home. If that is your story, if that is what you are going with, my parents divorcing was a, a pivotal moment in my life and in the life of my brothers. I want you to know that you're not alone in that divorce affects everybody. And it's okay if you're struggling with your parents being divorced. It's, it's hard. Take it from me. Like I said, my parents divorced when I was 11 years old. I didn't know what was happening at the time. Um, no one told me anything. And it, and it sucks. And it really, really, really sucks. Now, I look at my life as a 20, I'm 28 years old. I have two beautiful, amazing, hilarious, healthy daughters uh, I've been married to my wife for, you know, coming up on six years in, on, on, in April. And I, I can confidently say that I have a good life. There are still a ton of things I need to work on. Um, I still have suicidal thoughts from time to time. My depression still affects me in a pretty strong way. There are still things I need to work on. But you compare my 16-year-old self to my 28-year-old self. And let me tell you, those of you who are listening, if you put in the work to get better, if you if you take counseling and therapy seriously, if you need to talk about getting on medication, I want you to do what you need to do to get better. The work is not easy. Going to counseling is not easy. Trying different medications is not easy. None of it, none of it is easy, but all of it is worth it. My 16-year-old self was a complete wreck. He was a complete wreck of a person. So much so, this is a true this is very true right here. Like I said, I was a member of the bowling team back in high school. I was the captain of the bowling team. Let me let me rephrase that. My depression was so bad that whenever I lost a bowling match, whenever I lost a simple bowling match, I would ask my mom, "Am I worthless?" Do, do I matter? I'm not making that up. I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'm not making that up. My 16-year-old self, I lost at bowling. And it made me question my entire existence. That's how bad my depression was at that time. And now at 28, I can confidently say that I'm a lot better than I used to be. Because I've put in the work. I've done a lot of therapy. 
I'm not ashamed to admit that. I've been on medication and I have done a lot of counseling to get to where I am today. I have a long road ahead of me, right? I have I have more things to work on, but it gets better if you work at it to get better. I can confidently say that it gets better. I really appreciate, you know, those of you listening uh if you're not live watching this on stream again you can find my twitch stream at twitch.tv slash nathan hunzi that's h-u-n-z-i if you're you know listening to this in your car i hope that you're driving safe uh, i would love it if you came check out the live stream i uh, would love to have you be part of this community if i could ask if you if you've listened to the podcast and you liked it my my hope and my request is that you find one other person to share it with your family member, a friend, not because I think my story is incredible or not because I think my story is like so noteworthy that it's, it's worth sharing. That's not the reason I, I want you guys to share this message because I think people need to know what their own story is. I think people need to come to terms with their own personal story in their journey. Uh, and if this can inspire anybody to do that, to look at their past, present, uh, and learn from it so they can better shape their future, I really hope that you guys find one person to share this podcast with. Um, this concludes episode one of the Your Story, Your Voice podcast. This is going to be a long journey. Hopefully, you know, years from now, we'll still be making episodes and just getting better and better over time. Uh, I know this is episode one, so we're on the ground level of this thing. Those of you who are uh, who are still listening to this podcast, thank you guys so much. My name is uh, your host, Nathan Hunzi. I really, really appreciate it. If you uh, want to catch the stream live, that's twitch.tv slash Nathan Hunzi. Nathan Hunzi, H-U-N-Z-I. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of the day. And we'll see you on episode two.